Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Welcome to Salt and Light. It is a joy and a privilege to be with you here this early Tuesday morning. Uh, got a special guest with us today. I'm going to introduce him here in just a moment. But before we get to that, I want to remind everyone about something that Brother Max and I have been talking about for the last three weeks, and that is the Master Club program at Temple Baptist Church. We start tomorrow evening, folks. That's 7 p.m. Master Club. This is for three-year-olds all the way up to sixth graders. Uh, We got a great program that we do every single week. Kids can learn the Bible. They can have fun and games together. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you that we got so many things. It's kind of like a little miniature VBS, Vacation Bible School, every Wednesday night. And we encourage you to bring your children. You can sign up and register your child on our website, templebaptistnc.com. Right on the home page, you can click on the Master Club link, and it'll get you right through the registration. If you're not able to register, just show up tomorrow at 7 p.m. And uh, parents, don't just drop your kids off if you haven't already registered. them. Bring them in. Let us meet you. Uh, We want to make sure that we uh, have all the information, emergency contact info, and find out if there's any uh, food allergies, etc. So uh, we want to be a help and a blessing to your children. Uh, You say, well, I have another church that I attend. That's fine. If you don't have a midweek service, then bring your children to our master club because uh, we're not trying to get you from your church to our church. We're just trying to minister to children that, especially nowadays, they need to be trained and taught what the Bible says and about God because, folks, they're not getting it anywhere else in our community and culture today. And so we want to do what we can to be a help and a blessing. And then one other thing I wanted to mention, and that is next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., is our Back to Basics broadcast, and that's going to be last Sunday's sermon from Temple Baptist Church. We preached a message out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7, about casting your cares upon Jesus. And uh, we'd like to encourage you to tune in. If you're not able to tune in at 10 o'clock on Sunday, then you can go to our website, or you can go to the WSIC website, and you can listen to that message. And uh, I believe there's some helpful things on how Uh, how we can, I'm not going to say that there's a way that you can live a worry-free, stress-free life, all right? That's not possible. But God gives us the privilege and the ability to manage those worries and stresses so that we can, I'm not even going to say daily, it might be moment by moment, whenever those cares come into our life, God says that we can cast all our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. And so that is a Bible promise and a Bible truth. And uh, uh, we hope and trust that the message uh, next Sunday morning will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. So be sure and tune in back to basics, 10 a.m. here on WSIC. Well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 1, the Apostle Paul said, Finally, brethren, 
pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Notice he said, pray for us. I'd like to introduce a new friend, our special guest here today, Pastor Matthew Huntington. He is new in the Statesville area, and he is the new pastor at Calvary Community Church. Many of you folks here in our community, uh, you've heard of, of Calvary Community Church. Pastor Don Horton was the faithful pastor there for uh uh, I know over 40 years, maybe over 50 years. Yes, there sir. A long, long time, faithful. I know uh, practically every time I made a hospital visit, I bumped into Brother Horton visiting someone, and just a, a faithful, sweetheart guy. If you ever knew Pastor Don, you knew that he was a, I mean, he was a tell-it-like-it-is kind of guy, but he was just so likable. And so he passed away a number of years ago. And uh, the Lord has brought Pastor Matthew Huntington here, and we want to give you an opportunity to get to know him here uh, on our Salt and Light broadcast, get to know a little bit about the ministry there at Calvary, what's coming up, what's going on right now. And so, uh, good morning, Brother Matthew. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in North Carolina. Um, I'm glad I have an opportunity to uh, just meet the people, get to know the people, and, uh, well, I'm a people person. I guess you can't be a pastor unless you you're know, a people I, person. You know, I gather that just from the, the times that we've talked on the phone, I've gathered that. Yeah. I love the, I love the culture, the history. I, I have here a history, a little bit of Calvary Community Church history going back to the 1930s, 1939. And what a tremendous uh, blessing this church has been in this area for so many years. Uh, it has a total of 10 pastors, not including me. I'm the 11th pastor of this church. But going back to the Reverend Charles Massey, he's the one that first started this church back in 1939. What I'm carrying on is not just a legacy of pastors, but a legacy of the church itself. What is the church? It's a hospital. It's a, that's why Brother Horton spent a lot of time in the hospitals, because that's where, the, that's where people are hurting. Our church is in the same concept. It's a, it's a hospital, and it's there for the opportunity to, reach, to meet their needs, to bring them in, get them healed up, bandaged up, and take and get them back out there in the world, but also to uh, <clears throat> commission them to follow God's word. And that's why I'm here. I know it's Calvary Community Church, but it's also Baptist doctrine. It carries the full King James Bible all the way through it, doctrinal, sound. Um, I believe the two ordinances are uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper. We're still, we're still doing today as they did back in 1939. So what do we say as Calvary Community Church in this area? We wanna help our community. And I've been out knocking doors and meeting people uh, at the level that they're at, not going to them as some big, <clears throat> not some big figure, uh, big speaker. Nobody would know my name. If you if you had said my name somewhere in another state, they probably wouldn't know who I am. So I'm here as just a down-to-earth pastor, meeting the people's na- needs on their level, coming to them on their level, and I have a great communication with them. I'm a non-judgmental pastor. <laughs> I love people. I'm not here to judge them. That's, that's the Lord's job, and he'll do that very well himself. And I'm not the Holy Spirit, so I'm not here to grow them or do them uh, any justice or injustice. I'm here to just be their friend, be their pastor. And if I can bring a man to the church and show them how much God loves them, and they can learn what love is, because the world doesn't have love, doesn't know what love is, but God does. And so if I can, I can reveal that love to them, they're hungry for it, and they're ready for it. 
And so I want to be their, I want to be their friend. I don't want to be a judge. You know, they're going through what they're going through because they're going through it. And uh, so, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think, brother, I appreciate everything that you just said. And I'd like to say ditto to that. I think a lot of people misunderstand where Christianity is coming from, where preachers are coming from. Oftentimes we preach things from the pulpit that are contrary to the way that people are living. And people assume that that's criticism, that that's being judgmental. And that is not, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said things to people that wasn't always what they wanted to hear and wasn't always emanating approval per se, but he didn't emanate rejection of the, the person. Correct. You know, we, we believe, you know, a lot of the liberal churches have this, they promote it, it's their commercial, so to speak. We, they say, come as you are. Mm-hmm. Well, we believe the same way, come as you are, but we don't say leave as you came. Right. We need to learn. And, you know, if, if someone really wants God in their life, they've got to learn what God expects. We're going to talk more. All right. We continue here on Salt and Light this morning with Pastor Matthew Huntington. Glad to be here. Community, uh, Calvary Community Baptist. <laughs> Well, sorry, I keep yep. it. Calvary, Calvary Community, Community Church here Amen. in Statesville. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's been a joy uh, having you here this morning. We got started, just barely kind of got things going in the previous segment. And uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Brother Matthew, mm-hmm. is sure. I wanted to give you an opportunity briefly to, uh, how did you get saved? Why? I mean, why are you here to pastor Calvary Community Church, but this story I know as a pastor, it had a beginning, and the beginning wasn't a, a crisis of what am I going to do with my life. It's, it began with going down this path to begin with. And so uh, share with us a little bit about your testimony of how you became a Christian to begin with. Well, the story goes back to 1969. That's when I was born in uh, Shawano, Wisconsin. And uh, I was born into the family of David and Barbara Huntington, of course, my dad being a Baptist, and my mom, as I told uh, Joe here, that my mom was a Catholic at the time when he, before he married her. And then they convert, she converted later and become a Baptist and got saved. And uh, I come from a, I'm third generation pastor. My, my grandfather was Harley Huntington. He started seven churches uh, in coming back in the day, uh, well, since probably would have been the 30s and 40s, I guess you would call it in that time. Um, then passed it on to my dad. My dad preached 52 years, went to be with the Lord in 2019. And then I took the torch uh, in 2015, 16. I was called to to be in the ministry of, uh, of whatever. I didn't know at the time what it was going to be, so I took associate pastor's position at a, a church in Michigan. And then God called me to Texas for a year to be associate pastor under Dr. Bruce Engelman at uh Triumph Baptist Church. So that started the the ministry right there. Started the journey, uh, but being saved, I've been saved for since I was about seven years old, and uh, I've never not known the Lord. And so in my mindset, I've never not known the Lord. I've always known Him, and He's been with me. I got away from the Lord for a few years, got into the world, and tried it out for myself, and found out it wasn't that good, and didn't like it. And then uh, the it would have been it had been 1993. My brother was taken from us right in front of me, and he saved my life. And I tell the story quite a bit when I'm going across the country and I'm preaching, I tell them the same story. My wife was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's cancer at the time, and I was beaten beyond recognition. 
And uh, God called us both then, my wife and I, 1993, to find a good Bible-believing church and get plugged in, and we did. We ended up coming to Lakeview Baptist Church in uh, Lakeview, Michigan. Dr. Zane Adberg and his wife Eileen took us under their wing and molded us pretty much in a way. And uh, I would say with their influence and their background and their uh, Christian belief, we became members of that church for over 12 years. And that changed my life. Uh, God called me to the ministry there at Lakeview Baptist Church to go into the ministry. As I said, I didn't know what I was going to be or what I was going to do. I just knew that God was calling me. So I took and stepped out in faith, sold everything we had there, and went and moved down to an apartment and stayed there for a year, almost two years, actually, in an apartment until God called me to Texas. Ever since then, I've never looked back. And recently, God has called my wife and I to the ministry of keeping churches open. That happened a year ago. So in uh, West Virginia, Reedsville, we started our first church to help stay open so they could call the pastor. Liberty Baptist Church called a pastor a few months later after that, and they were back on the back in the right game where they should be and back soul winning, doing what they're supposed to do, and went to another church. Bethel helped them. They stayed open, of course, and Long Valley Baptist Church called their pastor in June. So we just went from one church to the next, helping them to stay open because I didn't believe God said, call, you know, I didn't believe God wanted to close them. I believe he needed to stay, they need to stay open. There's such an influence, just like this church here I just took in Calvary Community Church has been an influence since 1939. I say to myself, if God kept that church open from 1939 to 2023, then he has a purpose for that church. My goal is to find out what God's purpose is for that church and, and follow it to the letter, to the book. And I said, I'm going to do that. So I came from Texas and drove down here, brought my camper and my wife and our two cats, amen, and we moved to North Carolina for one purpose, to fulfill God's plan for Calvary Community Church. That's my only goal. My other goal is to see as many people as I can saved while I'm here and while I'm on duty as a pastor of this church. But much more than that, to further the gospel in our area. This has been known as a Bible Belt for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. back in the day. This is Billy Graham's stomping grounds. This is uh, Bobby, Dr. Bobby Robinson was here. It's his stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. Great preachers of the past. What did they do? The same thing I'm doing, reaching the lost because that's the Great Commission. That's what God put us all on this earth for. If we walked around, never met anybody, never shook any hands, what purpose would we fulfill in God's law, God's plan for this earth? And that one is to reach people and to meet their needs. What their, What is their needs? Their needs are to get saved, understand what God's... They're walking around saying, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I working a job? Why am I you know, raising a family? What am I here for? Your purpose is to love your family. Teach them about the Bible. Teach them the gospel, the good words, so they can pass it on for generation after generation after generation. That's why you and I are doing what we do, what we love to do. We're passing this legacy down from generation to generation, loving our families, teaching them how to love each other, teaching them how to come to church and honor God in their life, put God first in their life and their marriage we're in a country with marriages are broken up, you know, uh, families broken up, kids are broken up. What are we here for? We're menders. That's what God is. He's a restorer of people. He taught us to do the same thing, restore, either to spiritual, restore such a one. That's what the Bible's commanded us to do. Come together as churches. You and I are trying to build a friendship as churches, not on the denominational side of it, on the brotherhood side of it. God said, if you can't love your brother, you don't, have, you don't love me. So if I can reach out to the community and say, hey, I'm your brother, I'm, you're my sister, you're my brother, then I can allow them to come in on their level, my level, 
is where Jesus was at. He was right down there in the humble side of it. You know, he resists the proud but give grace to the humble. He wants us to have humility. He wants us to have good character. He wants us to teach others the good Bible, biblical characteristics of Jesus. And if we can do that, it doesn't mean the name. The name is not who you are. It's the Bible is who you are. And if you can, do, you can reach people on the Bible level, amen. That's what it's about. If I'm not Calvary community, if I'm not Baptist this or of Catholic, whatever it may be, whatever you may want to call yourself, this is your, this is your manual. This is what you always go back to when you want to reach something for God, do something for God. And that's our manual. That's what I go by. And I live by this book. I believe in it with all my heart. I would not be the person I am today without it. I was saved for a reason. My brother saved me for a reason. And that was to do this. And that's why I'm here. So I guess that's why Calvary Community Church is here. Amen. Amen. Brother, I appreciate everything you said. We, we need to remember that our common bond is not in our title or denominations. That's right. And, you know, there, there's going to be differences. If, if you take 100 people and they read a passage of Scripture, and not everyone's going to draw the same conclusions. But I will say this, that if, if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior— the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us, we can read the Word of God. If the Bible is our authority, a hundred people can read the Bible, and there's going to be so much common ground in what we believe and stand for if we are making the Word of God the authority. The authority. That's right. You know, not everyone's going to dot their T's and cross their I's. I didn't say that right, did I? Not everyone's going to be identical in every minute detail but we need to remember that our bond is in Jesus Christ, right. not in our labels. Right. And so if we would remember that and stay focused on the things that are most important, then I believe that we'd be more effective in the community. Now, I've been here in Statesville since 2008, a little over 15 years at Temple Baptist Church. Our founding pastors, plural, were uh, Brother Lonnie Wilson and Brother Mac Pennell. Uh, they both started uh, Temple Baptist Church back in 1962, mm-hmm. and so our church uh, hasn't been here um, uh, really a long time in the in the whole scheme of things. But everything that I have heard, being still fairly new in the community, back in the 60s and the 70s, churches like Calvary Community and Temple Baptist, and there's some other churches here in, in this area, uh, Southview and Eastside and Command Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some independent Baptist churches that back in those days, they were, they were thriving. They were just busting out of the seams because there was a hunger for, I, I guess we would call it fundamental Bible preaching. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I know even labeling ourselves fundamentalists, to, to me, I'm a fundamentalist not because of who I associate with, but mm. because of the meaning of the word. Exactly. The word means I believe in the fundamentals that, like we said a moment ago, the Bible is our final authority. And so there was a hunger for that. Well, Brother Huntington, I believe that, and I'm hearing some things that I believe are encouraging, I think that we've kind of run a cycle and more and more people are getting hungry for a tell it like it is, right. be real. Exactly. Don't just tell me what I want to hear, but I need something that's bigger than just promotions and commercials and marketing and making, turning Christianity and youth ministries mm-hmm. into a bunch of entertainment and mm-hmm. worldly nonsense. And right. that was, that's been effective to draw crowds and people 
But I think that they're finding that a lot of that Christianity is very empty and shallow, and it's not actually helping with the real problems in life. It's and that's, just, what, that's what I'm trying to change. Yeah, it's just I, it's like to... a, a, a spiritual uh, shot of morphine just mm-hmm. to numb the pain, but mm-hmm. it's not actually getting to the root of the problem. Right. It's about break time, but go I, ahead. I just had thought. a quick thought on that, too. I just uh, I want to I want to emphasize uh, this very strongly that I believe in the truth 100 percent. Why would I want to stand to a, in a pulpit a, a, amongst people and give them fabrication, give them uh, my opinion? Uh, I'm not politically correct. I don't care about that. I really care about the truth. And I believe when you give people the truth, they can handle it. If you try to beat around the bush and you try to make them feel good, and that's not what they're coming to church for. They're coming to church to be challenged. They want to, they want to be motivated, even though they're, you know, they're living like the world. They still want to be motivated to do right. That's why we're there. We're or, we're not just orators. We're not just great speakers. We are proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus. That's what that's what a preacher is: proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And if we could tell them, Jesus loves you, and he tells me, if I want to love Jesus, I need to love you, and we're telling them the truth. And that's what makes the difference between preaching opinion, preaching truth. I want to be a truth preacher. I want to bring people the excitement that God is still alive, that Jesus is still alive, and that he wants us all to go to heaven. And that's where I'm at. So I believe that with all my heart. Amen. It's the same need that goes same back 2,000 years ago after mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died on the cross. And so we're just carrying on that same truth right. that's always been here ever since Jesus died on the cross. Praise God. All right, folks, welcome back to Salt Amen. and Light. Randy Mitchell, Matthew Huntington, we were talking during the break about what we wanted to talk about after the break. And so, uh, Brother Huntington, I I just want to say this publicly, uh, hearing your passion and your burden and your vision, you are encouraging, you're inspiring me. I mentioned last segment that uh, I've been here for 15 years and you were reminding me I had some of the same passion and burden when, you know, anytime you come to a new place, you come with expectations and you have hopes. And, uh, you know, over over the years, uh, you know, of course, we just we're just coming through. We've come through COVID and we had about two or three years that was just really weird times for the church. And I, I don't know how it was where you were at, but. It just uh, it was just very impossible to keep any momentum going. And so uh, I, I think that you coming, you being on Salt and Light, hearing what you're saying, I got to say you are encouraging and inspiring me with your enthusiasm and your vision. And, and hopefully, by the grace of God, I want, I want your fresh, brand new burden to be a spark plug. I, I, I want that reignited in my life because I I just have to confess and be honest and real that while I'm still being faithful and we're still doing a lot of good things at Temple Baptist Church, I I would have to admit that I've kind of lost some of that uh, excitement and enthusiasm and and I need it back. And I know here uh, I've tried to be, I've tried to get that back, but you know, sometimes we just, uh, the devil has a way of beating us up 
And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll look at results and we'll have, uh, it's kind of like my golf game. You know, you have a mm. couple bogeys in a row and uh, you're not going to, you're not going to approach that golf ball with a lot of confidence after you've just had about four horrible shots, right, <laughs> you right. know? And so <laughs> the Christian life and ministry, including, I have to confess that I, I struggle with the bogeys. And so just hearing, you know, fresh, brand new, you know, whenever, Whenever I have a, a, a bad hole, a blow-up hole that I call it, you know, a, a snowman, an eight on the scorecard, you say, well, eight, that's not that bad. Well, I'm talking about on par threes here. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, the nice thing is, is sometimes you just have to brush it off and say, next shot is brand new. Mm. And I'm not going to approach that based on the previous shots. I'm just going to start fresh and have an a new guy like you, and you're 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 encouraging me, and I want to say I appreciate that. Now, you you mentioned during the break that um, you're excited about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, very much and so. Need. And I already planned on asking you about what you know what you see that we need in our community, what we need in America. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, we we all are looking for the second coming. We're looking for Christ to come back. But I, I've had a new outlook on that subject in the last few years, I, I started thinking about it, and, I, and I've preached this in, in many pulpits. I've said the same thing. I'm not, I'm not really standing out there like the Puritans and looking up and saying, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. We know he's coming back. What are we going to do about that situation before he gets here? So I thought about that, and I broke it down, and I said, well, I have family members that are not saved. I have uh, 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 friends that I know that are not saved. Would I want Jesus to come back tomorrow? And I really dealt on that quite a bit in my heart. It burdened me quite a bit. And people are you know, yelling and hollering, they want Jesus to come back. And then I started telling them, well, if you want him to come back, here, here's where the rubber meets the road. What about your family members that are not saved? Do you want them to go to heaven with you, or do you want them to just meet their judgment? And when I started preaching it that way, they, people stopped and thought, yes, Jesus is coming back. We know that. He said it. Even Jesus himself doesn't know when he's coming back until God tells him to come back. But the point behind all that being said is, what are we going to do about it before he gets here? And I believe our churches, and I, and I appreciate you, you know, saying I'm an inspiration, but you don't know how much an inspiration you are to me. You kept this church open for a year before I got here. This church had no pastor, had no leadership. It had Jeff Coley, of course, which did as best he could to reach out and, and help the people at the church. But... They needed a pastor. And you know what? Temple Baptist stepped up and, and took that torch and ran with it. And I met a few of your pastors that, that helped the church stay open, and I thanked them personally. You're an inspiration to me. You saw beyond Temple Baptist and said, hey, how can I help Calvary Community Church? That's where we're lacking, Brother Mitchell, is how we're looking outside of our walls and our windows and saying, how can I help this church? This church is struggling with what? How can I help you? And help that church. Then go to the next church. Hey, you're struggling with this. How can I help you? That's what they did here. It said, and the mul- this is Acts chapter uh, 4, 32. It says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Think about that. The reason why they were able to accomplish building churches and keeping churches open and helping churches to stay afloat and giving back that energy that needed because they were all in one accord and one heart. You and I are on the same page. We're in one heart, one cord, and what our purpose is for Statesville. What is it? 
to go out there and reach the lost and then help other churches that are struggling so they can go out and reach the lost. And uh, this church may be struggling. We're looking for a shuttle bus right now. Why? Number, number one, the shuttle bus is going to allow me to start a bus route. Number two, it's going to allow me to pick up some of my church members that are in wheelchairs that cannot come to church, and I'm going to be able to go get them and pick them up. You say, preacher, why are you doing that? Because I love them. I love them enough that I'll drop everything I need to do to go pick them up at 8 o'clock in the morning and get them to their 945 appointment. And because they miss that. Because every time they stream live that church, they want to be there. They want to be a part of that ministry. That's why they're, they, they're not sitting home drinking coffee in their little jammies and their slippers because they want to. It's because they have no way of getting to church. So my goal is get a bus, go pick them up, bring them in the church, and then start a bus route. As I pick them up, I can pick up kids on the way in or young people on the way in, and I can build a bus route. What is that building? That's building an outreach ministry for our community. That's what our church is. It's not to sit there. Our, our church is paid off. It's debt-free. We don't owe any bills on it. Got a beautiful brick building. I went around. My wife and I have went around. We've cleaned this church up and made it attractive. We're doing painting and such. We want the church to look attractive, but that does nothing for the community. That just makes our house look beautiful for the Lord. But Lord tells me if I if I do that and I don't go out in the ministry and I don't go out in the community and pick up people or or, or go out and win souls, that church means nothing to Him. The body of believers that are inside that church is what matters to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he died for. He didn't die for the building. So I'm doing both. I'm making the house of God look beautiful, and I'm going out and reaching the community. I'm going to knock doors. I don't care if it's rain and shine. As long as it ain't lightning. I'm not really good on lightning. But, you know, <laughs> I can handle most of everything except for the crack and lightning. And I've been, through, I've been through two storms here in North Carolina. I'm going to tell you what, you don't go out there in a storm and run around. It's not a good idea. So, uh, but other than that's being said, if that motivates people to come to church, when you knock on their door, you just knock on their door and say, hey, I'm from Calvary Community Church. This is my wife and I, and we're, we're out to share the gospel with you. What does that mean? Well, we open the track, and we, we have a little track kind of like this, and we open it up and we say, hey, can you hold this? And we hand it to them, and then we open the track, and we go through it, and we, it shows them step by step how they can be saved. And as we do that, that opens a relationship, a dialogue between me and that person I don't even know. That person on the other side of that door says, thank you, preacher. Thank you for coming out and sharing that with me because I didn't know anything about that. And that, to me, is worth more than how many people I got in a church and how big my church is and what it's doing for other things other than soul winning. I'm not for that. What I'm for is the people and that Jesus was for the people. He came down. He could have been a king. He could have ruled us. He could have done everything he could here and had plenty of backup, but he didn't. He came down here, a man with a robe and sandals on. He didn't ride in a limousine. He wasn't carried in some big chariot. He walked the road just like you and I. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine the disciples walking right next to him with big smiles on their face saying, the Lord is coming. He's going to this next village, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do there. Yeah. And then he goes in that village, and the village people just flock around him because they felt the love flowing out of him as they walked by him. The woman that was issued with 12 years of blood, she walked up and touched his robe and was healed because she felt the love. No matter what they said, no matter how they kept her away, she was getting to the Savior. Isn't it? Can that happen again, brother? Yes, it can. If they can see us out there knocking doors and they can feel the love of the Lord coming off of us, they're going to come to that door. They're going to flock to the doors. And next thing you know, our churches are going to fill up. COVID was a wake-up call. 
That was for us. Yeah. That was a wake-up call for what were we doing during COVID? We were shutting our doors. We were going home and we were hustling around the door and the, and the live stream. My church never closed. My church never closed. I said it's open. You want to wear a mask? You want to inoculate yourself? You want to take a bath and sanitizer? Go ahead. Come to church. It's right here. You can sit 20 feet apart if you want to, not six. I opened the church during COVID more than I ever have because I didn't want people to think they were out of they're out of touch with the Lord. You know, brother, if people could just understand that the preacher or the Christian who's trying to witness to you that, listen, the preacher's not trying to control your life. The preacher's not trying to uh, make you, it's not like a salesman that they're marketing you, trying to make you part of their empire. Uh, preachers and soul winners who knock on your door, and I realize that there are cults out there that they're they're proselyting. Listen, when we knock on doors and when we hand you a gospel track, we're not trying to proselyte you. I have no desire to make someone a Baptist. Exactly. I, I have, exactly. Listen, I, I want people to come to mm-hmm. my church, but the reason behind it is more important than the attendance. The right. reason is that mm-hmm. we want you to come, get under the sound of the Word of God. Right. I, I, I know you feel the same way, Brother Huntington, and that is that I can't, I can't help people through Randy Mitchell. I, 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 don't, I can't counsel you. I can't fix your problems. I can, be, I can care about you and I can love you. I can listen to you. I can tell you what the Bible says. Right. But the yeah. Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Right. And right. so we're just messengers. That's all like we are. Like John the Baptist, mm-hmm. preparing the way, trying to be a voice of sharing with you that, hey, Jesus Christ loves you. Listen, the, the preacher wants to help you in telling you a message so that you can get saved and right. have a home in heaven. That's right. I don't want to see people go to hell. I want to see people get saved. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see families and lives all broken up with addiction and divorce and right. hurt and sorrow and, and, and not being able to deal with the cares of this life. So what do we do? We preach and we teach what the Word that's of God right. says. And that's our job to do that. And it's not our job to dictate what they do either. Our job is, uh, that's what I was saying earlier, I don't want to be the Holy Spirit. It's not my job to be the Holy Spirit. My job is to be a under-shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. We're under-shepherds. We're preachers, which are proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. If we don't step over that authority and mess with the Holy Spirit and mess with uh, the judgmental side of Christianity, then we turn out to be exactly what God has called us to be, and that's messengers, that's ministers. And that's what you and I are. And I believe that with all my heart, before the break, we're going to realize that people out there have the same idea we have. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about this unity thing. And you mentioned this tent Mm -hmm. that you're getting ready to get. We're going to talk about that a little bit more out of the break, after the break, and figure out what we can do. There are believers out there that are listening, and maybe they want to know, what can I do to be part of the solution here in our community? So uh, stay tuned. We'll see you right after the break. That's right. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 27, Paul said, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast, listen to this, in one spirit with one mind, striving together 
for the faith of the gospel. Folks, we've got a lot of striving together these days, but it's not for the faith of the gospel. It's more strife against one another. Families, communities are in our nation. There's a great division, and sadly, even in the Christian world, there is, we are typified more by division than we are striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now, I'm joined here by Pastor Matthew Huntington, new pastor here in Statesville at Calvary Community Church, and we're so glad that uh, you would be here with us today, Brother Matthew. I'm glad to be here. We're excited about what God has in store for Calvary Community Church, but we're talking about striving together for the faith of the gospel. This has been a burden on my heart since I've been here. I come from out west where um, where fundamental type churches, whether it's independent Baptist or non-denominational regardless, but churches who truly believe that the Bible is the authority, preaching the gospel and right. actually right. doing what the Bible says we're supposed to do, living sanctified lives, right. witnessing to the lost, and all of these things that are so true and needed. When I came to Statesville, it, it's just you look around and there are literally Baptist churches or uh, gospel, you know, mm-hmm. evangelical type mm-hmm. churches, regardless of the denomination, because Baptists aren't the only ones that preach the gospel, right. and I'd be the right. first to admit that. In fact, some some Baptist churches do a worse job of getting the gospel to people than other denominational churches. So it's not about the label. It's about the substance, and when we see churches on every corner, Paul said this to a city, a church at Philippi. Back in the Bible days, it was a little bit different in the sense that typically a city or a community Mm -hmm. just had one church. Well, we don't have that in this day and age, and I don't think that there's an answer. Uh, Church splits are common. You never hear of church amalgamations where hmm. like-minded churches, right. uh, where they come together. And I, I, it would be so awesome if that were to happen in a community like Statesville. But I, I don't think that that's even—God would have to just really do something miraculous. So what we need to do, I believe, is if we can't just bring all of these like-minded churches into one church, then certainly we can still obey the Scripture, and we can strive together for the faith of the gospel. And I think that's good. And that's what is needed. It's mm-hmm. not about, we're not competing with one another, mm-hmm. we're not trying to build empires. When, mm-hmm. when I came here to Statesville, uh, and and you're you're reminding me of my first couple years here, I, I sadly, I think that a lot of my motivation. Yeah, it was to reach people. It was to help people. But in the midst of that was also this human trait of just, I don't want to drop the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fail. Right. And some of my some of my striving, some of my laboring, I, I found myself getting frustrated because I'm not accomplishing what I hope to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And the Lord had to take me through his school. And I had to learn something as a Christian, as a pastor, that it's not about me, it's not about accomplishing my goals, it's about striving for the faith of the gospel, Mm. it's about putting a smile on the face of my Savior, not about the results that we can count or talk about. Sometimes, listen, results are encouraging, and listen, I don't know how you are, but after I get done preaching all day Sunday, I'm beating myself up a little bit, and then the devil, he certainly joins in, 
And so mm-hmm. when, when, there's, when someone says, hey, that message really helped me, or you hear a good report, it, it, it's encouraging and it certainly helps. But I also have learned that if that becomes our motivation and that's the reason we're doing it for results, then something gets lost there. Yes. And ultimately, it has to be about Jesus Christ and him alone. Right. And I don't think I've mastered that concept, but I understand it. The Lord has worked in my heart in this area. He's continuing to work in this area. I'm so thankful that he is real and he works in my life. But this striving together for the faith of the gospel, you've got, you talked about this tent that you're, you're buying, and you're talking about, you've got some prayer cards here for a ministry. I, I want you to talk a little bit about you coming in with a brand new vision, a brand new uh, uh, dream, if you will, of what uh, God wants to accomplish here in Statesville. Talk about that. Well, I teamed up with uh, uh, evangelist um, Craig Bryant, good friend of mine. I've known him for quite a few years. He pastored the church, Manuel Baptist Church in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, off a of seven mile there. He did for a while. His wife was diagnosed with cancer and she eventually passed away. He started this back with Ron Middleton. Uh, in his church and decided to take it. Ron Middleton, of course, uh, passed away from cancer also. So Craig Bryan's uh, view and his passion was to start churches. So he reached out and, and had some support coming in and such, And but he needed help. So all these teams you see on here that they're teamed up, they are, each team member is helping in that matter of starting churches across this country, across the world. Uh, I became one of those a year ago. I said, uh, brother, uh, what can I do to help? He said, well, there's a church in Colorado right now that needs uh, you to go keep it open. The pastor's coming in a few months or so, but he, uh, the church is kind of declining a little bit. We want you to go and help keep that open. Well, that was, my, that was my ministry at the time, Lighthouse Ministries, keeping churches open. That's me. I said, sure, I can help. So I went in Colorado. I stayed there for about almost a month before I came and got my wife, but I stayed there. My one goal was to help them get an entity started get church name uh, established, and I kept that church open until the man of God was coming that was called to come. He came and took it. So my goal was to restore churches. Well, I thought about my own life. I thought about how God restored me. I told you the story of me getting hurt pretty bad and my brother dying and and such and, and started the ministry in my heart. But it started long before that. It started with the love of, the, of, love of Christ. I had a young... As a young man, I, I had a relationship with my Lord. And even though I wasn't on the same page uh, a lot of the time, I knew what he was and I knew what he did for me. And I wanted to really uh, do something for him and be obedient. But I, I had problems and I had things in my way that, that hindered me from doing that. So when I joined the ministry, my only goal was to unite some churches, you know, go out and, and visit churches, preach at different churches, the pulpit supply and such. Then I became an associate pastor, and my, my passion began right then. What can I do as associate pastor to help the pastor? I could take the burdens off of his shoulders, the ones that he cannot you know, take on all by himself. So I, be, I wore four or five different, seven different hats or whatever as, a, as an associate pastor. And uh, my pastor came to me one day and says, I appreciate you. Without you, I'd have been dead. I, I said, well, preacher, this is my job. This is what I'm called. I'm the second man. This is what I'm called to do. I'm called to take some burdens off of your shoulders so you can do what God called you to do, and that's pastor of the church. 
right then I learned what it was to be as, a, as an associate pastor, and that taught me everything. When I became a senior pastor, I knew right then and there that was vital. But much more than that, Ron Middleton is, is uh, we don't have to buy a tent. He owns one, holds about 225 people, and it has a, a man that hauls it around, sets it up. He also does the music for it throughout the, ter- the duration of it being there. And he's going to set up and, and he's going to take care of the music side of it. We're going to take care of him. We'll bring four or five pastors in. I'm going to get pastors from my area right here to come. I want them to come and preach. And then, I'll, of course, I'll bring friends in from the outside to come in too. Uh, Craig Bryan, Brother Jenkins, of course, and Brother Cox. And and uh, my, I'd like to have my pastor down, Brother Zane Abberger and Brother Manning. There's a lot of preachers I like to. I like to bring in about probably 12 or 14 preachers and spend the next seven days. We're going to call it the Soul Winning Revival. And I'm going to bring Catholic churches in. I want to bring in Protestant. I want to bring in all these churches in the area. I'm going to invite them. I want them to come. And I want to give them testimony time. I want to give them time to say how their church is doing. I want to open up a dialogue with the churches in this area. What am I trying to prove or what am I trying to reach? Unified churches can do more than churches that are divided. Even if they don't believe my Bible, the Bible I have and my terminology of it, whatever, they believe the same concept that souls need to be reached. The loss needs to be reached. And when a, when a Methodist church came to a church in Michigan and asked them to, if they could print their tracts, broke my heart. A Methodist church walked into a Baptist church and said, can I use your tracts to reach the, the lost souls? We all started weeping. Brother, that's what it's all about. Churches coming together. What does it say? And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that, that ought of things that, which possessed and his own, but they had all things common. I love that. They had all, the, all things common. What do we have common? Lost souls. Every one of the churches, cat doesn't matter who they are, they have the same common goal, reach the lost. Isn't that right? Amen. So what's the problem? The problem is us. Yeah. It's not the Lord. He made it, he made it pretty simple. He said they all had all things in common. And what happened? The church blew up. What happened? Churches were being built left and right, and churches were staying open, and, and man, there was revival, and we're all praying about revival. Amen. That's great. Where's it start? Right here in your area. That's where it starts. Yeah. And I want to be a revivalist. That's what I want. I want to revival Temple Baptist. I want to revival Calvary Baptist over here. I want to revive a Catholic church. I got a Lutheran right down the road for me. I'd like to fire him up. Amen. Get him preaching like a crazy <laughs> man out of the pulpit. And I tell you, what am I going to do? I'm going to open up the community to know the church does love them. And they cannot, they, they're calling them the next day when they don't see them show up at church. Hey, where you been? I missed you. I haven't seen you there. That's how Pansy came to come to church. We had a Bible giveaway, and she came in, and she got a Bible. And she said, Preacher, I just really want a good Bible-believing, preaching, truth church, you know, church. I don't want to, I want to listen to fabrication. She came in, sat down, and, man, she fell in love with the, with the preaching. That's not me. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And I love tapping into him because when I tap into him, I get a little excited and I get a little loud. Why? Because I'm excited about what God is going to do at Statesville. That's why I'm here. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Huntington, thank you so much for being our special guest here today on Salt and Light. Thank you we for having me. so encouraged by what God is doing, what God's going to do. Uh, welcome to the community. Amen. I am looking forward to more fellowship, more 
laboring together. And I'm glad to be here. Listen, folks, no one here is trying to get anyone on anyone's bandwagon other no. than the Lord Jesus Christ bandwagon. Just here he's, to share the gospel. He's the only one that matters, and so we all need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so I want to encourage you, uh, do something with what you've heard here today. If you're not saved, you ought to just you ought to just put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Admit that you're a sinner. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. He Amen. wants to save you. Thank you, brother. God Thank bless you. you.